Welcome to the Force of Habit podcast, a kick-ass space for the woman of color on her journey to becoming the most powerful version of herself. Here, we talk all things mindset, routine, and transformation. I'm your host, Chantel Taylor, nutritionist and weight loss coach. Come hang out with me, girl. Grab your headphones or blast me on your morning commute. This space is just for you. Here we grow. What's up, ladies, and welcome, welcome back to a brand new episode of Force of Habit. I hope you had an incredible weekend. To all my moms out there, I hope you had an amazing Mother's Day weekend. I hope you ended Sunday knowing how truly loved and appreciated you are. Um, But this week on the Potty Pod, I wanted to talk about some more tactical things to do in your weight loss. The last few weeks, we've really done some beautiful deep dives into mindset and habits, which is truly what I believe your weight loss is built upon the foundation of your weight loss. But believe it or not, (laughs) I also coach and teach around the science to nutrition and weight loss often, both in my program, on the good old Instagrams and TikToks. So I wanted to take this week and also do that here. I think we have a pretty nice balance here on Force of Habit. I do say I lean a little more habit and um, mindset heavy. But the science is also important. You know, I say this a lot in nutrition, but like I think my teaching style is I like to lead with the science without leading to the science, meaning I teach habits, frameworks, and steps that are supported in science without telling you the nuances to the science for like every single one. So I don't do deep dives into like bodily processes and hormones, not because I don't think you'd understand it, but because you don't give a shit. And it's actually not that helpful to know. Something I see a lot in women is like consuming all of this knowledge, like they're constantly learning and learning and learning consuming TikToks and podcasts and reels about weight loss, maybe even reading articles, learning all of these cool things, but they're not actually doing anything. You know, you fall into this fallacy where you think you're you're doing something because you're consuming, but until you actually put an, an actual step or an actual habit or action into action, nothing happens. And I think that's like the trap that a lot of people fall into. It's like, you can know all of these cool things, but if you don't know how to take the science and translate it into an actual habit or action or a step that you can do in your everyday life, then it's just knowledge in your brain. You know, I know a bunch of cool stuff that is like completely pointless. (laughs) Like, you know, like I know the, the memory span of a goldfish. Why do I need to know that? You know, it's just as there's nothing I can do with it. And so that is what I try to avoid getting you guys to like knowing all of these cool things, but not knowing actually what to do with it. So I don't mess around with that in nutrition. I'm like, this is what you need to do. Now off you go. <laughs> but of course, everything that I teach is also supported by science. So it's not just things that I'm making up. You know, there are studies and research and my own research that I've done with my own clients that supports what I teach. So today I wanted to do a little bit of that. Today I wanted to talk about something that is probably the most uncomfortable part to weight loss. And it's probably one of like the top reasons a lot of women struggle to be consistent in their weight loss. And that, my friend, is hunger. Now, hunger is a big topic in nutrition. We have an entire lesson on how to find your true hunger cues, how to find your true fullness cues, how to not fear hunger, how to trust your hunger. But nonetheless, it is something that we don't like to feel. 
I think there is a lot of panic when it comes to hunger, especially if you have a bunch of past diet trauma. So you reach this point where you're jumping through a lot of hoops to avoid feeling hunger at all, which can simply lead to overeating. And if you're on your weight loss journey, obviously this is not helpful, right? You know, avoiding feeling hunger, overeating all the time, what does that usually lead to? It means we're gaining weight or we're not losing weight. At the very least, we're maintaining weight. And then there's another side to this where you think because you want to lose weight that you always have to be hungry. And, you know, I am being very honest, when I started coaching in my very early days before I had to lose weight myself, um, I do think your appetite changes when you're losing weight just because there is a natural shift in the energy that you are consuming. And I used to think it was very normal to feel significant bouts of hunger, like just because you changed your your energy intake. Um, it's not. And it is something that I see kind of being taught still on like social media. Like, oh, you're definitely going to be hungry. Like, just get used to it. <laughs> it's like, yes and no. I think we have to get to a place where we are comfortable feeling hunger without this you know, feeling it all day long. Always being hungry is not helpful either because the super ironic part about it is it still leads to overeating. So you're overeating if you are not comfortable feeling hunger. And then if you're feeling hungry all the time, it also leads to overeating. When you are eating as little as possible, getting hungry soon after your meal, or just feeling like you are always hungry so that your brain is constantly in like, survival mode, always thinking about when are you going to eat again? When is your next meal? And like consumed with thoughts about food, just because you're trying to lose weight, we still have some work to do. So it's like, that's how you're feeling. It's just a sign that we've got a little work to do. And hopefully this podcast episode really helps with that. You know, I know social media and like just media in general love to have these extremes, but weight loss is not polarizing. You know, weight loss itself, the science to weight loss is very like not sexy. There are not a bunch of nuances outside of like having, you know, medical diagnoses that actually make weight loss more difficult, like thyroid disorders and things like that. But weight loss for the typical, you know, typical like normal population it's not polarizing. It's not extreme. It's not sexy. You can do it in a way that feels great for your body and also do it in a way that's easy to maintain. You know, there's a side of weight loss where it's like, oh, weight loss is bad and it means you don't love your body. And then you have this other side that's like extremely restrictive, extremely um, disordered. But there is like this middle ground where it's like we can we can find something that feels great while we also still honor the goals that we have. So Today's episode will help a ton with this. If you feel like you can't figure out how to be in a calorie deficit without like fighting for your dang life and being hungry 24-7, today's episode is just for you. I'm going to give you three of my best and my favorite tips when it comes to not feeling hungry all of the time in a deficit. This is not an exclusive list. Like these are just the three of my favorites. But honestly, there could be like a part two, three, four to this episode because there are some other things obviously that contribute to whether you are feeling hungry all the time during the day. But typically, I find these three to be the most helpful. Okay, so let's do it. So tip numero uno, or I should say chicken nugget number one, is you're going to be hungry. Okay, but 
and I have a big one. <laughs> the big but is that you are not going to be hungry all of the time. And this should be true no matter if you are losing weight, maintaining weight, or gaining weight. I started obviously to touch on this just a few seconds ago, but the sensation of hunger has been villainized a lot because people like to make weight loss extreme, right? We talked about that. It's like you're either hungry all of the time or you're never hungry. And it does not have to be so black and white. Hunger is a normal bodily function, something that we are born with. And it is nothing more than your body signaling that it's time for a little energy. That's all. And so when we villainize this very normal bodily sensation, what happens? We try to avoid it. So you may be constantly eating and eating and eating through the day to avoid it. This is such a big learning, you know, point in nutrition. Hunger is nothing to fear. It's not an emergency. It's not a big deal. And so teaching yourself not to overreact when you are hungry can really help reduce the urges to overeat when you do sit down to eat a meal. Your body isn't in like, you know, fight or flight, you know, like hurry up, eat all of this right now. Now, I do want to be clear. I am not talking about being ravenous, starving, getting to the point where you're seeing stars, you know. I am talking about gentle hunger cues, as we call them in nutrition. A slight belly gurgle, a notice of your energy depleting, maybe a loss of focus, things like that. But if you are freaking out internally the moment you get hungry, entering this irrational fight or flight mode, and then you scarf your lunch down because you're trying to hurry up and not feel hungry as soon as possible, it leaves a lot of room to overeat over time. And so that is my big first tip. Don't fear your hunger, trust your hunger, honor it, but it's not an emergency and it's okay. Woosa, okay? I had to sneak. That's kind of like a mindset tip. You're like, Chantal, that you're going to leave with the science. I, I couldn't help myself, okay? <laughs> it's a little bit of a, like a mindset tip, but it's really, really important is to, you know, begin to have this healthy relationship with your hunger. Like, okay, it's just like, you know, my body signaling that it's it's time for a little energy. That's it. You know, it's not this like life or death moment. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm ready to eat. No big deal. Okay. You'd be surprised how scared people are of feeling hungry. It's something I see every single day in my program. And so it's a, it's a big coaching topic that we have to really work through a lot of the times. And I think that mostly comes from this heavily restricting and just constantly your body is just like, is begging you for food and you feel like you can't because you want to lose weight. I think that's where it comes from. And so then when people do get hungry, they are like PTSD transported back to that time in their life where they were trying this crazy diet, being hungry all the time. And so then they just, you know, overeat. Now, that being said, you know, no one wants to feel hungry all day. Because while hunger is not an emergency, it also can be uncomfortable at times, especially if you find that you're experiencing the sensation like more than you want to, kind of like if you're overly restricting. So next is to make sure that you're focusing on the right types of food. Weight loss involves strategy. You know, I always say this in nutrition, there is a balance to weight loss. And, you know, I think there's like been a a crusade against the word balance too. And it's just like, everything just has to be in harmony with each other. And nothing is ever going to be perfectly balanced. But if you can strive for that, you'll be so much further in your weight loss. So like, when I talk about like weight loss involving strategy, it's like sometimes people lean very strategy heavy. 
and then forget about the mindset and the routine, the routine aspect of weight loss. And then some people get really heavily heavy in like the mindset and the routine and making sure they're waking up early and journaling and all those things. And then they forget about the weight loss strategy part. And everything has to live together. Everything has to cohabitate together and be in balance and be in harmony with each other. And so tip number one was like mindset, getting comfortable with feeling hungry or getting comfortable with feeling the sensation of hunger and not overreacting to it, right? And then two is to make sure, again, that you're focusing on the right types of food. You know, eating just to eat with no thought or care into your food is something I never recommend. There is no reason to obsess or overly healthify every single thing you put into your mouth. But being intentional about what you eat is still very important, right? Everything has to be in balance with each other. You want your food to have staying power. One, because we have a life to lead and our life is bigger than snacking and eating all day. And two, this is also real life. And if you work, have children, or just lead a busy life like most of us do, we might not always have the opportunities to eat. Like every time you get hungry, you don't get to just like, hey guys, I got to step out for 15 minutes and eat. That's not always a possibility. And if your food doesn't have staying power and it's not carrying you close enough to your next meal, meaning you're getting hungry very soon after eating, then often my first place to look is the types of food that you're eating. Okay. Now in the beginning, This is not as important. In the beginning, you want to really get good at just creating an eating schedule with your body, eating when you're hungry, honoring your plan of what you said you would eat, not eating off of your plan. We talk about that in the plan tomorrow's day episode, which is the first thing I have my clients do when they come into Sheetrician. The name of that episode is like my number one tip for weight loss beginners, something like that. But as the weeks go on and you get really good at honoring what you said you would eat, You want to begin to start implementing a little more strategy with your food. This is why we have levels in nutrition. We always say there's levels to this ish because at first it's just about let me get really good at honoring my food, what I said I'm going to eat. And then as you go on to the next level, it's like, okay, now I can start implementing a little more strategy. And this is where I teach the concept macro balancing in my program. But anyway, so one of my big recommendations when it comes to making sure your food has enough staying power is making sure you're eating enough protein. It's so weird because recently I've seen, you know, another another crusade against protein and people saying it's overrated for weight loss. And, you know, it's just I don't know. It just continues to reinforce the idea that people love extremes. It's like, you know, one day we're crucifying protein. One day we love protein. So it's like, you know, you have the people who overdo it, like they're trying to get like 200 grams in a day. And I'm like, why? (laughs) And you know, you're only going to excrete most of it. And then you have people who are like, oh, it's overrated. You don't need to focus on protein. We get in enough. But you know, the truth is the science is protein is really helpful for staying satiated. So my general rule of thumb is to shoot for four to six ounces at 70% or more of your meals and snacks each day. So basically two meals and at least one snack or all three meals and being a little more lax with your snacks, which is what I like to go for. But an even more helpful strategy is to time your protein-focused meals with the busy parts of your day, or specifically the parts of your day where you know you have a longer stretch in between meals. I love a sweet and light breakfast every once in a while, but I notice when my breakfast is higher in protein, higher in fat, it carries me to lunch much, much better. And if you have a typical work schedule where you're, you know, you're getting up and going somewhere in the office or clocking in in the morning, 
and you have a typical lunch break, this is really, really helpful. So I notice when I have a a breakfast that's higher in protein, higher in fat also, I'm not reaching for a mid-morning snack. I'm not as hungry when I do go to eat, so I feel better. And it puts me in a position where I'm not as likely to overeat. This is what I see for majority of my clients. So I think starting your day off with a protein and fat, if you can, focus meal is really helpful for staying satiated. You know, people always say like breakfast is the most important meal. Now, if you are someone who is like not hungry in the morning, this used to be me. I just, I would get nauseous trying to force myself to eat breakfast. Like I just wasn't hungry. So I never forced it. But my first meal, the, the, the meal that I ate first, whatever that looks like, was very protein focused, very fat focused, healthy fat focused. And that really helped me throughout the day. Um, And two, I didn't create a very big blood sugar spike the first meal I ate. So it was very, very helpful. I saw this TikTok that said, you know, most people easily get in protein and so that we don't have to ever really worry about it. And I think that's there's some truth to that. Like a protein deficiency is almost unheard of in the U.S. But in my professional experience and just from the women that I've coached, I think most women who begin working with me are very carb heavy. While protein is very readily available in, in a lot of foods, the women who typically come into nutrition and possibly li- like you, this could be you like listening to the podcast are mostly struggling with having really carb heavy days and not really getting in a lot of protein, a lot of healthy fats. And while you might be easily hitting your RDA for protein, which is like, I think 46 grams for more, most women, something like that. When you pair that with movement and weight loss, we have a totally different story and you have to get in more. And I think that's where the challenge is kind of started because there's this gap between what is like ideal for when you're losing weight and you're also working out and to like when you're everyday sedentary. I think getting in quality protein at slightly higher levels when you're losing weight is, again, really helpful for satiety. But I think a lot of women struggle with that. At least the women, you know, I coach with, I'm truly speaking from my professional experience. I have to really coach them on how to create space and pockets for a little more protein in their day. It is not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. And so I always simplify the things that I'm explaining because I know even though you are very smart, whoever you are listening to this right now, (laughs) I know you're smart, boo. I know you're educated, but it's just like, it's not something that would come very natural. Like, you know, my husband is our, the CFO and nutrition, he runs all of the numbers And like things that come very easy for him, I am like lost. I'm sitting in on the accountant meetings and I'm like, what are we talking about right now? (laughs) Um, But it's just like very easy for him, right? And so he has to really simplify things when he's explaining, you know, things to me. Anyway, just an example. So the point is, is that I know that like when you hear, oh, just get in a lot of protein, it seems easy. But until someone tells you like, hey, if you do this, this would really help you hit your protein goal for the day it makes it a lot easier, right? So if that's you right now, four to six ounces at 70% or more of your meals each day in balance with healthy fats and carbs and a daily protein shake will transform your days in terms of energy and hunger. I think if you can shoot for that, you will notice yourself naturally overeating less, not being consumed as much with the idea of food and always like trying to find your next meal. It does take some effort in the beginning. And I always like to mention that too, is like in the beginning when you're forming new habits, it sounds easy on the front, but the struggles or the trouble really comes in 
when you are implementing it. And so having this like, if you do this, this can help with this, I think is helpful. And I and I it's been helpful for my clients. So four to six ounces, uh, 70% or more of your meals. And obviously, if that is a traditional animal protein, even better, makes it easier for you. But some other really great meatless options that I love, edamame, peas, extra firm tofu. Tofu really used to just not sit right in my soul. <laughs> it's just something about how it looked, having to drain it and stuff. I can't mess with any other textures in, in tofu except for extra firm. But if you can really get the moisture out of tofu, if you like are meatless and, and I say invest in a tofu press, and if you marinate it really well and get it really crispy in a nonstick pan, that shit, I mean, it's really good. But anyway, and then again, a daily protein shake. I think a daily protein shake just gives you either the best head start or the best like top off. And it makes it really, really great. I mean, 30 grams of protein typically in a shake. If you get a really great tasting protein powder, my little concoction that I love and I teach this in nutrition because I just love it. Almond milk, a scoop of protein powder, ice, and some cinnamon, you shake that up. And I just think a vanilla protein powder at that. I think it's so good. It's so good. If you get it really, really cold. Mm. Anyway, great way to just get in some protein. Okay, so next is I went on a little bit of a rant. But next is to get in your carbs. Okay, now here's the kicker about carbs. Carbs are your body's favorite energy source because they're used up relatively quickly. You know, it doesn't take a lot of effort from your body. And while whole grain and like high fibrous carbs are fantastic for satiety, these are not the carbs I'm necessarily talking about. Okay, I am talking about all of those like banned carbs that you feel like you can't eat, but you enjoy the taste of. So like maybe it's crackers, maybe it's wraps, your favorite type of bread, even some candy or some desserts or treats. Now, hear me out, okay? Listen to this next part before you shame me and get your pitchforks out. While our physical hunger is very important for weight loss and learning how to minimize it to healthy levels, very important. And you can really, really help with that in tip two, there's also another side to weight loss, okay? And that is our emotional hunger. This is very real. If you think about you outside of your weight loss, so when you are not trying to intentionally or actively lose weight, most of your eating happens probably when you aren't hungry. We talked about this earlier, but it mostly happens when you're bored, when you're stressed, when you had a long day at work, or just want to like relax a little bit. And then what happens when you decide to lose weight is you pull all of those foods you've been used to comforting yourself with away. You can no longer have them. You can no longer eat them. They're bad. They're off limits. And so as a result, what usually happens? You binge them. You begin to have cravings and urges for them. And a lot of the work we do on this podcast and in nutrition and on my social media is to normalize foods in order to lose more weight. Because once you normalize foods, they lose the power that they have over you. Now, granted, the power that they have over you is self-appointed. They don't actually have power over you. It's the thoughts that you're telling yourself about the foods, like I can't have them. 
I wish I could eat them. Why do other people get to eat them? I can't. And so a lot of these feelings are created, especially of like feeling rebellious, feeling wronged in some way. But when you begin to normalize foods, when you begin to put them on the same platform as you put the vegetables and the fruits and like the proteins, you begin to look at the Snickers bar like you look at the chicken Caesar salad. I swear to you. And when both foods have equal appeal, it's easier to make the decision with the food that feels better in your body because you know if you ever want to choose the other option, you can and it's no big deal. When you are losing weight, no matter how perfect you are eating nutritionally, you will still create urges and cravings to overeat other things like candy and wine and breads because of your emotional hunger. And that is what gets people into hot water is they think because they have the perfect meal plan or they think they need a perfect meal plan to lose weight. And it's like that meal plan will be perfect. You could have a chef cooking for you all the time. You could be ordering your food. And if you haven't got in control or you haven't got aware of the thoughts you're telling yourself about the off limit foods, you will secret eat, you will binge them and you will still eat off plan. I see it every single day. Okay. And so one of the best ways to ease both physical and emotional sensations is to plan intentionally and make sound nutrition decisions with your food that are easy, that help you scientifically feel satiated, but to also intentionally plan other things too, whether that's desserts or a glass of wine or a candy bar or bread or toast, whatever those big no-nos are. When you create space for both avenues, you win double. Because you've conquered physical hunger, right? You've conquered the science to nutrition and emotional hunger. It's a double whammy. And that is literally what my program foundation is built upon. It's like we get into the science, we get into tactics, but we also have to confront our mindset. We also have to confront our routine. We also have to confront our thoughts and our urges and our cravings. A lot of the programs and a lot of the podcasts and a lot of the pages you see out there tackle one avenue. They're like, do this, do this, nutritional, nutrition, do this, do this, can't eat this, can't eat this, that. And then you have the other side, which can sometimes be the intuitive eating side, even though I love intuitive eating, don't get mad. <laughs> you have that side that can sometimes only focus on emotion. And it's like they're, they both can, even though intuitive eating has nothing to do with weight loss, I think one of their core principles is like they don't focus on weight loss. You, still that side of things where it's like, there also can be strategy and strategy is okay. Now there are obviously other things that you can do to feel more like satiated during the day. So like time your typical hunger cues and try to eat within an hour of first experiencing them so that you are eating in a consistent schedule, which can mean less binging or overeating later, you know, drinking plenty of water, getting in plenty of sleep, so on and so on. But again, these are my three big dogs (laughs) and I think they will move the needle the most in you feeling hungry while you're in a calorie deficit. So number one is to not fear hunger. And also I feel like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say this. Please do not go overboard with your calorie deficit if you are counting. Your deficit needs to be 250 max 500, but I always find 250 to 300 is a really great starting place to be in. You can use, you know, calculators if you need to. And this is just for my, my, my calorie counting babes out there. You can use a calculator if you want to. 
Um, I am not a fan of counting calories. I think your hunger and your fullness cues are beautiful indicators on how much energy you need. And then applying strategy to the food that you do eat in those hunger windows is much more effective for everyday life. Very simple, not tedious. But if you are counting calories, please honor your body first. Allow it to have the final say. Calorie calculators can be a helpful tool, but they do not know your body better than you do. And don't go overboard with the calorie deficit. 250 calorie, 300 calorie deficit is a really great window to stay in. Um, anything more than that, you you can. It's an option. But I always find that um, the quicker the weight loss, the quicker it comes back. And then you just got to keep losing the weight over and over again. And that's no fun. Um, but again, these are my three big dogs. So to recap really quickly, number one, don't fear your hunger. You know, learn to be at peace with that sensation. Kind of like when you first notice like you have to pee. Are you like freaking out and running to the bathroom? Like, no. And you know, it's so funny. I, I literally just taught my daughter about that. She literally waits until she's about to explode to go to the bathroom. And so she's freaking out. She can't concentrate. You know, she's like doing the little dance and holding herself and da da da. And I'm like, Bexley. If you first notice that you have to pee and then you just get up and go pee, you won't reach this uncomfortable place of if you're feeling like you're literally about to pee your pants if you don't get to the bathroom right then and there. That's a beautiful comparison to hunger. Like if you're like, oh, I have to pee, I can take a break in 15 minutes to go pee and then you go to the bathroom and comparing that to hunger like, oh, I notice I'm, I'm hungry. Let me schedule to eat my lunch in 20 minutes. And then you eat your lunch instead of like, oh, I'm hungry. And then two hours have passed and you're like, oh, I still haven't ate. And then you're about to eat. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm starving. I have to eat all of this right now. Like that's a very uncomfortable place to be in versus just getting a gentle hunger cue, planning your next meal, planning when you're going to eat your snack or grabbing your meal or grabbing your snack and eating. It's a much more comfortable place to be in during the day. It's just a body sensation that's telling you something. Hunger is just telling you that it's ready for a little energy. There's no emergency, okay? Two, getting your protein. Protein is the most satiating macro for most people. So prioritizing it at most of your meals gives your food a little more staying power, which means you'll likely be less hungry when you do sit down to eat at your next meal and it decreases your chances of overeating. You just want your meals to carry you a little longer throughout the day. So one, you're not consumed with the thoughts of food. You're actually getting to experience your life without constantly be just be thinking about like what you're going to eat next. But also, too, it's more comfortable when you are able to get closer to your meal before you experience your next hunger cue. And three, carbs are important for emotional hunger or just like any food that you've deemed bad. It's just in my experience, I always find that carbs always get like the short end of the stick for some reason. Well, not even for some reason. We know why. But plan it into a balanced day of eating and you'll notice that the grip that it has on you over time softens. So I hope this is helpful. I always say if you got just one aha from today's episode, I've done my job. If it was helpful and you did get that aha, share this episode with a friend you think would benefit from hearing it so that we can help more women just like you lose their weight for good. Have an amazing day. And until then, I'll see you next week, boo.